Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Yahoo! Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 248 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic. And Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to today's special witchy guest, Stephanie Matthews. Stephanie Matthews! Yay! Hello, Stephanie! Hello, hello, all you magical people. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I knew that you were a witchy, witchy, badass, witchy woman. Uh, I've known this for a long time. And the first time I met you, I was like, yup, yep, yep. She's even more witchy in person than she's online. And then I got to spend the day with you. My son and I went up to the mountains because you're a mountain witch. And, um, or I called it mountains. You, would you call that a mountain? Yes, it's a mountain. It's a mountain. Yeah. It's a mountain. Yeah. It's high up in the air. Um, we got to spend a, a day with you, and I was like, wow. Oh, I can't wait to have her on my show to talk about her stuff. <laughs> that, that was so fun to be able to show a, a city witch what a mountain witch does all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you were a city witch, right? Like, you have evolved into this. Yes. I don't think I ever really fit in when I was in the city. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so the evolution didn't take long to become adapted to the mountains. But, yes, I I definitely was not in my element in the city. Yeah. I also have a bone to pick with you. Like, I feel like we were in the forest. And you're like, this isn't really the forest. I'm like, it's the forest. We're in the forest. (laughs) Uh, can we call it the woods? Like, what were we standing in when we were, we, we, we went, let me, let me fill everybody in. Um, Stephanie took my son and I and her and her two kids to their favorite secret place to forage, to wildcraft for herbs, which I will ask her about. She's so knowledgeable about the herbs in her area. And we did it along this, this little stream, I guess it is, creek, a creek, a yes. stream. Yeah, um, the kids were hunting for tadpoles, which wasn't hard because they were everywhere. And uh, we were wildcrafting herbs and that area. Like to me, like we were we were in the forest. Where do you think we were? So that is technically the high desert. So we were when you came up. So we got to go out to eat. And when you came up to see me, that was the forest. And then we actually left the forest and we were going into the high desert. I just, I don't accept that. I'm calling it, I'm calling it the forest. There were trees, damn it. (laughs) So it's definitely, how about we call it like the transitional space? Okay. I can accept that. (laughs) I'm into transitions, so I can accept that. I I knew you would be okay with that. Yeah. It's such a beautiful spot and it was so untouched by humans. There was no trash. There was no graffiti. That's what I really appreciated about it besides, you know, the magic of nature. 
And I even got to see a Sasquatch foot there once, but that's a whole nother story. Well, now you have to tell it. Now you have to tell it. <laughs> well, the first time the kids and I found the place, there was just one extraordinarily fat footprint. One. And it was like, it was about two inches bigger than my footprint. So a, a girl, but extremely fat. You could see each of the toe prints. And as you know, there was no way going back there where we were. We were quite off the beaten path. There, there was deer prints all around it and no other footprints. Wow. A one-legged Sasquatch. A one-legged or, girl Sasquatch. Or she was a, or hop, a hopper. <laughs> she was running, probably. Oh, that makes sense. Because she probably ran from the creek, stepped, and then ran into the forest. That is so cool. Okay, so now we're talking about you are a magical person because we're talking, we're talking about Sasquatch. <laughs> because you can't talk about the forest without, you know, Sasquatch. Yeah, you know, I what I like about your magic is it's very practical too. So it's like super magical. We can talk about Sasquatches. You can talk about Reiki and all kinds of things. Um, yeah. But then also, like, it's very hands-on and something that, like, a muggle could totally get down with. Like, we had two women uh, come up on us when we were done and walking out. <laughs> and <they laughs> I was, like, so ready to go home at that point. And they just wanted to, like, bombard you with questions and hold you there. And uh, and you're telling them all about the plants and what they do. And um, so I think... There's a real practical side that anybody could appreciate, even non-magical people. Yes, and that's really what, I mean, I am very practical. Despite, you know, being sucked into other people's drama on occasion, I very much like to be very <laughs> and practical. I, I very much like simplicity. And, man, if you can make it easy, why not keep it easy? I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we have, especially as parents and house homekeepers, you know, I think we get bombarded with just what we have to keep up with and what's necessary and what our homes have to look like. And, you know, that just takes so much of our energy and then we're left, you know, overwhelmed and exhausted. And who really wants to live like that? Yeah. It takes our joy. Yes. And you practice what you preach. Your son showed up in an inside out backwards t-shirt and he was like, (laughs) happy as a clam, happy as a clam. We were like in a restaurant and they're playing. And I think somebody who was very into like perfectionism and and was uptight would have really had a problem with that. That was banging on the table and like, Hey, let's bust out the crayons. uh, It's more about the enjoyment of the moment. And I think that kind of practicality really comes through. As opposed to, like, what does this look like from the outside looking in? It's like, well, what does it feel like on the inside? Yeah. And I think I I grew up a little bit like that. Um, I know that you grew up in the church, and I grew up in the church as well. And there's a lot of that in the church of the judgment of what is is everybody else going to think. And you have to wear a pretty Sunday dress with your hair perfect. And my goodness, I did not fit into that very yeah, for the, could, re- for the record, though, you are very beautiful. You're like the, oh. the, the dreamy, hippie, witchy woman, like no makeup, hair flowing, very pretty. Thank you. 
So, yeah, I always had, you know, a dirty Sunday dress and dirt under my nails the second I, you know, stepped outside. So I, I drove my mom crazy in that respect. So I, I let my kids very much not have that even as a burden. Yeah. Cause, and I think that's one of the biggest gifts that we can do running a magical household is stop the generational patterns. Yeah, let's tell people we're talking. That's what we're talking about is running a magical household, setting the stage for magic in your home, because that's what you do. You are. Uh, whoops, I hear a dog. Is that a dog? Hold up, I'm on a call. Can I? Can I? Travis is in here. Sorry. Go lay down. Go lay down. Oh my gosh. And life happens. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say you're like the kick-ass creatrix behind MagicalMothering.com, and and you have animals and you have kids, and I have neighbors that knock on my door randomly. Oh, is that what that was? <sighs> yeah. Because <Okay>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a husband. Oh yes. <laughs> okay, so. Magical. That was a good example of setting strong boundaries, by the way. I just have to give out a shout out to that as well. Oh, yeah. There's no, you don't interfere in my space when I'm not ready for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think that's a, you know, yes, running a magical household. If it's your space, I think that's another big, big thing is a lot of people go, oh, my mom's coming over. She's allowed to do whatever she wants in my house. No way. Boundaries. Yeah, I'm still working on that because when my family comes over, I'm like, I have something I call the convertible altar because it, it closes up, which is very convenient. Like they come over and I'm just like, whoop, there goes the witchy stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> I might put the tarot cards away, and I, I'm still on the fence about it. If I, I, part of me is like, well, I think that's just being respectful. I don't want to upset them and worry them that I'm going to hell or that my kid is going to hell because I'm a bad influence, you know, and then there are other moments where I'm like, no, screw it. I want to be who I want to be. Um, even though I am all over on the internet, like they can check that out anytime they want. <laughs> I, I actually do flip my book titles. So I, so that they can't see what books I have. Um, so I'm right on board with you as far as I, I think it is more of a respect issue rather than throwing it in their face. But I do, you know, I don't let my mom take over. She's very. I want to ask you something. That is, uh, maybe you don't want to say her name on air. I was going to say her name. Oh, this is, this is Zion. It's okay. Yes. So this is my. Okay, real fast, and then you need to go in the other room, please. What is her name? Joanna. It's Joanna. Hi, hey, hi, Anna. Hi, Zion. We had so much fun catching catfish with you. You know what? What? I'll, I have a, my first loose tooth. No way. <laughs> wow. Thank you. So, <laughs> that that is my life. So I, I am a full-time mom. I don't know if 
you know, there is no escaping from my rugrats. I get full time, um, just like you are a full time. Um, so I very much have to create around them and on them too, in that way of knowing that, you know, they're five, they might not be able to sit there for the whole time I'm talking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Three and five, right? Uh, four and five. Yes. Four and five. Yeah. So, well, how do you do that? How do you balance running your own business with being a mom and taking care of a magical household? Um, I rhythm rhythm has saved my life. So do you know, I mean, I guess everybody kind of knows what rhythm is, no, but no, I'm being quiet so you can explain. So rhythm is, so if you think about the seasons, the seasons are a rhythm. Um, we go from spring and transition into summer, summer to fall, fall to winter. We don't, you know, it flows and it's the same thing. This is what I actually teach the moms in my own groups, um, is all about how to create a magical life through rhythm. And I focus on three aspects of rhythm, daily rhythm, which is really the flow of what we do every day. And a lot of people don't do the same thing every day. They take the weekends off. And while that's okay, I feel like there's pillars that have to be in our lives every day, whether we call it a Monday or a Saturday. Um, and it's things like eating and sleeping, which everybody does. But I also include playing, being in nature every day, and having being space, which is simply allowing yourself to be in the moment, whether you're doing your being space, watching, washing the dishes or um, playing. I mean, being space can be incorporated in a lot of those other areas, but being really intentional with creating time to just be. So how does the rhythm come in? Is it just sort of like the breathing in and out of what is, or is there something more to that? Um, I do it a lot with ritual creation. So for me, I actually create little rituals around each of the pillars, and that way they flow through each other. Can you come in? No, I cannot. Um, and so well, can you give us an example of a ritual that you would create? Yes, absolutely. So I have created a bedtime ritual for myself and the kids. And my kids go to bed extremely early to most people. They usually were usually in bed laying down by five o'clock. Oh, wow. So and then they wake up at five o'clock uh, or four o'clock, depending on what the day brings. But we go in and we lay down and I've created an entire ritual through storytelling and songs. And it really helps me focus on what the intention is for bedtime. Bedtime is me not finally getting rid of my kids and putting them to bed because <laughs> they feel that right. And then they start getting crazy when I'm going, Oh, I just, I'm done. I need to get work done. Um, and so for me creating a ritual that had, this elaborate storytelling about our day and then a song that was we go to the center of the earth and our light roots grow from our heart and wrap around the heart of mother earth and you know it's this elaborate kind of thing that I can't rush through because I'm singing it and it calms me down so creating rituals with intention to purposely make us remember why we're doing what we're doing 
Oh my gosh. I love that so much, Stephanie. And what you said about they feel that energy of you just trying to get rid of them so you can go get something else done and mm -hmm. how they like uh, rebel against that. <laughs> I think you just explained bedtime in my <laughs> life growing up because that's where like 90% of the drama happened between my parents and my sister and I. It was like around bedtime. It was always a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's, that's an awesome tip. And I think most, I think that's where most people struggle is because I mean, really we're all tired. We don't have the energy that we might have earlier in the day for self-control to not yell, to not get upset. And at the end of the day, our energy is just not there anymore. We're all, you know, we've all depleted our energy. So to create an intention around that, especially around sleeping so that you actually go into that space. I mean, imagine kids going to bed every night in chaos. They're not going to sleep well. They're not going to wake up refreshed and it's just going to start kind of the cycle all over again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is a little all over the place, but I'm starting to pick up on like your whole life philosophy all of a sudden <laughs> because um, I, the morning I went to go hang out with you, um, I don't want to give the whole story around it because it's just long and rambly, but essentially I woke up and I couldn't move my head. Yeah. Which is the first time this happened to me was in the fifth grade. This is something that I've dealt with for a long time because I was a gymnast and I fell on my head a lot. Make jokes, people. I know they're coming, but I did. And I would like crack my neck sideways and stuff. And, um, cause I was on a competitive team. And so the, the first time I couldn't move my head, I was in fifth grade. And so it just kind of comes back around if I trigger any kind of inflammation, but it hadn't happened in a long time. I think it was meant to happen on the day I went to go see you because Regarding this pain that I've had this uh, for, gosh, forever, you know, since I was a kid, um, I loved to zone out and watch rolfing YouTube videos, which is stru structural integration therapy. And I'd like fantasize about it. You know, it's expensive to go get that stuff. So I'd be like, I'm going to do that one day. I can't wait. I love like tons of intense pressure. Like most people think that stuff is scary <laughs> and they don't want it because the pain, but I love it. And um, I was telling you about that, and you were doing this uh, myofascial release therapy, I believe. Yes, yes. Where I was, like, laying on your lap, and you were holding my head, and then just basically trying to get me to relax so, like, things could fall into alignment. And uh, that you said to me when I was explaining, oh, I, I want to do rolfing and structural integration therapy, you're like, you, I forget the exact words you used, but basically it was like, that's too violent, you know, and the only thing I recommend is myofascial release therapy to people. And, and a lot of people like that deep, heavy, painful pressure because they can't feel. They can't feel. And um, so I've done a lot of work at home, just myself, like just relaxing, and it's made a huge difference. So thank you for that, that you actually, a light bulb went off. But now I'm hearing you talk about how you live your life, and it's kind of like that. It's kind of like people can't feel, and there's all this intensity. And if you just like relax into whatever, whatever it is and be present to it, um, there's so much more benefit in that. Yes. Does that resonate? Does that, in my mind, it all comes together. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're, I think you're spot on. I really, 
I feel like if we could all just be, just be, <laughs> just be with whatever's going on within us, whatever's going on with outside of us, not trying to control anything outside of us and just be and go a little bit deeper and let ourselves go a little bit deeper into the scariness of, oh, I might feel something. My husband, he just said, I finally understand what you do after two and a half years, but I'm so not ready for that kind of healing. <laughs> hey, it's a step. It's a step, right? And I went, wow, you, you just acknowledge that you actually know that there is healing to be done because he didn't even acknowledge that before. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's often scary in our culture. We go, we don't want to feel, but what we're feeling really is anger and frustration and anxiety and stress. And who really wants to feel those things all the time? And people don't realize that they already, you feel no matter what, it's just a matter of whether you're ready to tap in and release those feelings so that you can actually get deeper and be present and we keep those feelings away by controlling, I think, by which creates that tension. But that comes into how you keep your home, like being very controlling about like how it looks to where you can't even really relax and enjoy yourself in your own home because you really need it to look like the latest edition of El Decor or something you saw on Pinterest, you know, <laughs> or, or what if somebody stops by and has to look immaculate? Uh, and then the way we treat our bodies, control, control, control. And I think even when you did your whole, the whole month on uh, like simplicity and feng shui, it go, you know, people can take that and go, oh, okay, now I get to have something else to focus on and make my house perfect feng shui Mm -hmm. instead of releasing and seeing that it's the energy that they're putting in, the intention that they're putting into it. If you create a home trying to aim for perfection and stressing over it, that's all you're putting into your home. Yeah, I don't get really hung up on, like, the rules of feng shui. I feel like you can lead with how it feels and that yes. and that our homes have a soul that is a reflection of our own soul, an expression of our soul. So you can get, like, a really cool dialogue going with your own deeper self that way. Yeah, and I love that you really showed that with, you know, does this, does this make you feel joy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, does it spark joy? That's a Marie Kondo thing. She's rad. <laughs> I love her. Um, so how, what, what other ideas do you have around or tips you can share just setting the stage for, ma- for magic to happen, for magic in your home? Like maybe if you have a muggle husband like you do, you have a rock and roll husband um, who probably, I'm assuming, isn't very witchy. So how do you set the stage for magic anyway, let's say, if you live with a partner that isn't, isn't into it? <laughs> I, I would say, and it's funny because my husband actually kind of brought me to the whole spiritual realm and out of the religiosity of it all, hmm. which, and now he's like, and now you've far surpassed anything that I ever thought imaginable, and I've got to try to catch up with <laughs> with your fairies and your magic things that you think of. But if you do, if you have, I think this is practical for any, you know, we are physical beings and whether you're witchy and magical or not, there is that to it. We are physical beings. We need nature. And a lot of times how I bring kind of the magic in to my life and into the lives of people who might not be so magical is through nature. 
it's a really common ground for everybody to realize that we we ha- we crave nature, we crave connection, and we can very easily create little rituals with our children or our husbands that are not magical at all to them by watching the moon every night or waking up and seeing the sunrise or going camping or going to nature places and just being there. And I mean, how often do you go to the beach and you just end up feeling like a kid again? Because nature does that. I was, we were just at the beach the other day and there was probably like this 60 year old man sitting cross-legged in the sand, letting the waves wash up to him. And I went, wow, the beach just washes away all the shoulds, the adultness. (laughs) It's like, it just lets you be your authentic self who's very playful and loving. And I think nature can do that if we allow it to. That is so powerful. That image of that man sitting on the shore. I love that. I love that. It's perfect. Yeah, you're a wise woman, Stephanie Matthews. I have to say, I have to say, let's tap into some of that wisdom too for those of us that heard at the beginning of the conversation us talking about wildcrafting. They're like, ooh, ooh, because I know that really gets a rise out of some people. Yes. <laughs> like people, witchy people love the wildcrafting. I, I have an alley behind my home, um, which is why my car is always dirty. It's very, it's very dusty, but uh, it, it kills me that I'm driving down this alley and there is like food and medicine. It's all weeds, yes. right? But I love weeds growing sometimes taller than I am, like, and it brushes our cars as we're driving through. And I don't want to uh, forage in the alley, you know, because it's dirty, car yes. exhaust, things like that. But I'm always just like, people drive by this and think it's... Uh, annoying or a nuisance when they have no idea nature's like always reaching up even through the cracks in the city to be like here let me heal you let me help you I am here for you uh yeah so I can go off on a whole rant about that but um so can you give us some tips for finding for wild crafting where you live because I know it's different you know I know you can share some awesome tips about like fever view and Yes. Uh, what were we looking for that day? So there was wild mint. If you're ever up in a creek or a stream in the mountains, you're going to find mint. It's everywhere in the creeks and streams up in the mountains. And then right now, there's a little tiny white flower. It looks like a daisy with a yellow um, yellow inside and then white little tiny petals on the outside. And it's called feverfew. And feverfew's in all the uh, migraine medications It's, um, it's one of, it heals so many things, um, especially relating to the head and congestion and migraines, especially, but for mommy, oh, I feel like, I feel like the fever few looks like chamomile, which I just, I love chamomile. I I love to drink chamomile. I love to look at it, but I remember being out there and being like, it's chamomile. And you're like, actually, no, it's, (laughs) it's fever few. Um, yes. So the fever, yes. And it, it, cause it does have that kind of raised middle, the yellow middle inside. Mm -hmm. And 
So when I first started wildcrafting, and I would love for to challenge everybody that's listening to just go, what I, I started out doing, I learned one wild weed in my area every month. And I just, I looked for a weed and I, and I looked for a plant and I saw if it was edible or not. And from there, I started obviously learning more and more. Um, and then I just came to really love that the plants were there to heal us. Yes. I'm going to do this for you right now. Whoa. <laughs> Yay. They're everywhere. I, I, I wonder what you think about something I've heard Susan Weed say before. She says if a plant is growing eight, I can't remember if it's eight yards, but I feel like it's eight feet, which is not that far away from a road that you can, that you can use it. And I was like, oh, that's a little close. I don't know. <laughs> Even eight yards. It's just like so much of that exhaust goes up in the air. And, and I think it depends whether you live in L.A. or if you live in Wisconsin, eight yards from the road. You know, <laughs> there is. Yeah, because she does live in Woodstock, so maybe that's why she's saying that. Yes, I think that does make a big difference. Because, I mean, up here, I if something's even on the side of the road up here, a, a foot or two, I pick it. Just because, what, there's maybe 50 cars that have ever driven by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, so with wildcrafting, it really brings us back into the seasonal rhythm of seeing that, you know, you can't just go out and get elderberries any time of the year. You can only get them for three weeks in September. Um, And really seeing that the seasonal rhythm and the seasonal flow affects everything in our lives. You can't just go out and get whatever food you want in wild all the time. And I think that's one of the biggest insights that I've gotten from wildcrafting is that there is a time for everything. Yeah. Uh, there's a season for everything. Yes. And that's such an amazing metaphor just for life. Like Jim Rohn talks about that. He was a Christian. He was so not witchy. <laughs> but he has a, like a little book. I think it's called The Seasons of Change maybe. Or no, that's a different book. I forget what his book is called. But it's about the seasons. And he talks about it like metaphorically for just, you know, a goal or something like that. But, um, I, when I started working with the wheel of the years, when I started having those insights and, and when you start really focusing on buying local food in season at the farmer's markets, you start realizing like, Oh my God, we only get apples for this long. <laughs> you know? it's, right. It's very different when you go to the grocery store and everything is shipped in from all over the world to accommodate, like we need bananas year round. <laughs> Right. And they don't even grow where we live. Yes, totally. Not that I don't love me a banana, but I'm just, oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> and yeah. And so, I mean, even for adults that don't have kids, really acknowledging nature, going out and picking up sticks or going out and picking up pine cones or um, really just being with nature and allowing nature to show you to how to flow in your life. And wildcrafting is just one way of doing that, really. Um, bringing things in from nature to put on your altar. I mean, right now, going out and finding an oak tree wherever you live, whether it's a city or not, and finding an acorn and connecting and realizing that there's an oak tree inside of that. And 
realizing that even the oak tree has intention, you know, and if an oak tree has intention, how much more should we have intention? Cause we create literally our entire reality around us. Yeah. Yep. The mighty oak was once a little nut that stood its ground. And yeah. it's an acorn, but I like it better said, a little nut, because it makes me laugh. <laughs> the mighty oak was once a little nut that stood its ground. I love it. Yeah, we have 400-year-old oak trees where I love live, and I love to walk under them and think about that. Like, I love to think about the Native Americans that might have, like, leaned against this tree and taken a nap one day or, or set up house, you know, like I... Something about an oak tree, like, takes me back to the land, even though I'm surrounded by pavement and homes. And I, I mean, I think that's what nature can do to us anyway. Like you were saying with coming up through the cracks of the alley, you know, no matter where we are, nature is always calling to us to just come back home and to not live so crazy or think that, you know, and another aspect of it is to think that we're not deserving of abundance, which nature can't help but be abundant. Yes. I really felt that with you that day because that mint, I mean, there was mugwort and mint and uh, uh, so many, so many things, so many things, wild roses, but the mint was just like, are you kidding me? I was like a kid in the candy store. I was like, oh my God, there's not a, we would need like many, many U-Hauls to get all the, not that you would. Um, and that's definitely my Western mind at work there. We need U-Hauls to get all this mint going, but it's just like, pow, it's so abundant. And then when you think about what it costs to get just like a little thing of mint at your grocery store, and then there it is just like, it was like a forest of mint. It, you know, it was just everywhere and so tall. And so medicinal, it's so much stronger um, than the mint that you can buy in a store. Do you use herbs magically, or do you use them medicinally, or nutritionally, or across the board, culinarily? <laughs> I, I do have to confess, I do not like to cook. <laughs> I, I do cook, but I do not enjoy it. Every time I press a bubble, it goes, okay, yes. <laughs> Sorry, okay. people, she has little kids, and they're there with her right Sorry. now, so. <laughs> um, and so what I do mainly is medicinally. I make elderberry syrup for us to eat, or for us to take once, you know, once uh, autumn equinox comes, we take our tablespoon of elderberry syrup that I made from wildcrafted elderberries. And Can you tell us more about that? Well, we can go back to it. Finish your sentence. Uh, and then, you, so I always have, I don't use, I stopped using any sort of um, medicinals for anything um, like medicine from the medicines store. from the store from the drug store um, from the drugstore to actually just using and finding everything that is available to who do we have here is this Zion? this is Ian that's Skyan so can you be quiet, Skyanne, for just a minute so I can finish talking to your mom? When I cut these out, think of what you want me to cut out. You need to draw pictures of them. <laughs> I would love for you to leave that in because I think it shows that, you know, life happens. <laughs> and
And whether you have kids or not, a dog barking or the neighbor coming or anything that happens in life, I think it's all just a matter of us learning how to control ourselves (laughs) and to be patient and be stay in the moment. And there's so many times that that happens and I get really hot and I get really anxious. I can I can draw you a spiral, but give me just a moment. And Skyann is four people, just so you know. She doesn't have podcast etiquette yet. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> and so really just seeing that nature is always there for us to really glean. And I think it, it more shows me that there's magic in the practical. We were talking about that earlier. You don't have to, you know, create this big scene to go out and pick a piece of, you know, to go collect some wild roses or to go get some dandelion from your front yard. It's like nature is so practical. Yes. To me, like dandelion is the queen of persistence too. It's so persistently loving and healing and it, and every part of it is healing. Um, I always wonder about people that use herbs magically, but they don't use them medicinally or in their food because I think using it medicinally or in your food is magical because to me, magic is creating change in conformity with your will. And when you take elderberry syrup or even if you just sprinkle some mint on, like I love to sprinkle mint on a fruit bowl. Like to me, that's the mint represents um, money for a lot of people or wealth. And the fruit is so abundant. Like there's magic built into that. And also the mint is transforming the flavor and it has its own healing properties. So to me, it's, it's all magical. Even if I'm not, which I do, often apply magical intent, but even if I'm not, like there's just magic built into the practical sometimes, often, maybe always, maybe always. Yeah. And then it just becomes even that much more powerful with intention. Right. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, can you tell us about this elderberry syrup? Like when do you wildcraft for it and why and what it does when you have the syrup starting? You said autumn equinox is when you guys start having it. Yeah. So in... In September, uh, we begin to go and see the elderberry. So starting in July, I actually get to go and pick elderberry flowers. And I save the elderberry flowers for a, um, a get well tea. And that includes mint and fever, or, um, elderberry flowers. And, oh gosh, I'm thinking I'm missing some of the other ones, but it's an amazing kind of, oh, and mugwort, and it just kind of gets all the local awesomeness into one little tea brew if you do happen to get more sick. But the elderberry berries, we actually go and start picking usually around autumn equinox. And you pick them, and the kids obviously love being a part of this because you have to strip them off the vines, and then we squish them with our hands, <laughs> and we make this huge, gloppy, sloppy elderberry stew mess, and it's just, it's so fun to be able to connect with nature in that way of really getting your hands dirty and seeing how perfect it is, even when you're messy and I think it helps remind me whenever we do any sort of thing like that, 
to get out of my own way and just have fun. Like, yes, I'm making elderberry syrup to last for the whole year. But more than that, I'm being in the moment and really just having fun, having a memory and an experience with them. Because, I mean, I look forward to elderberry picking of squishing and stomping and creating this awesome mess. And then looking every time we drink that each day throughout the rest of the fall and winter, we get to remember the love and the fun that we had and we poured into it. Well, how do you preserve that? I mean, I mean, not the fun, but the, the medicine. <laughs> how do you, if you're drinking it all winter long, like what are, so, you, what are you putting with it? We do elderberries. So we boil elderberries and then I do um, organic sugar and you can add cloves and cinnamon. Um, and then you boil it just until it barely simmers. I believe for like 30 minutes. I do have to look it up every year because I, I have other things that I yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to look things up, but, um, and then you just can it and you boil it and you can it and it stays good for an entire year. Oh, wow. That is so cool. And then that's how you keep the colds away. Yes. And it's fantastic. Cause it, li- it really lasts all it, it, we, the first time we started using it, um, we didn't get sick for over two and a half years. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, I, I really swear by it. When we don't take it regularly, we end up getting the same kind of, you know, stuff that everybody else gets. But I really do swear by it. And it has helped our home. Because, I mean, when you, have a, when you have a sick household, you don't feel magical. No, that's, <laughs> that's not super magical. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have someone that's, like, fed up with us here. So why don't we wrap this up? Tell people where to find you. Um, you've given us so many cool tips already, but let's just end with one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams and then tell people where to find you. You can share if you have any um, programs or products coming out. Like, knock us out. What do you got, Stephanie? All right. So my my all-time favorite is to be, to just simply be in whatever situation you're in, create awareness and observation around it and really see why your life is the way that it is. If you're loving your life, then keep doing what you're doing. If you're struggling or if you feel like there's something you're going against the grain, create some space to be, create some awareness around that to really see what you desire. If you don't know what you desire, create some space around that too. You know, it can just kind of keep evolving, just create awareness and be present and really go after the magic that I know is within you. Um, and you can find me at magicalmothering.com. And I actually have a program that is starting on Friday oh. called uh, Discover Your Rhythm. <laughs> um, and it's all about going through and actually creating your daily, monthly, and seasonal rhythm specifically for you and your household so that you can create the magical life that you desire. Wow. This is for moms, right? This is for moms, yes. Cool. Yay. And they can get there if they go to your website? Yes. Perfect. This was so great. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much. This was so much fun, and I'm so happy that I got to share my life, my kids, my, my crazy magic. <laughs> Everybody, that's it. Have a beautiful day. Much love to you. Peace.